Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus, again, in reply, spoke to the chief priests and elders of the people in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. He dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feast, but they refused to come. A second time, he sent other servants, saying, Tell those invited, Behold, I've prepared my banquet. My calves and fatted cattle are killed, and everything is ready. Come to the feast. Some ignored the invitation and went away. One to his farm, another to his business. The rest laid hold of his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged and sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy to come. Go out, therefore, into the main roads and invite to the feast whomever you find. The servants went out into the streets and gathered all they found, the bad and the good alike. And all was filled with guests. When the king came in to meet the guests, he saw a man there not dressed in a wedding garment. said to him, My friend, how is it that you had come in here without a wedding garment? But he was reduced to silence. Then the king said to his attendants, Bind his hands and feet and cast him into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Many are invited. Few. The gospel of the Lord. You may not recognize this as me um, and those who are ministering at funerals often. Recognize the first reading is very often read at a funeral. So I'm so confused by the readings this week. I don't know if we're talking about a funeral or a wedding, whether we're talking about life or death, whether we're talking about joy, celebration, or sorrow and crying. Or maybe we're talking about all of them. The first reading is prophet Isaiah, prophesying that our God will come to save us from the veil that veils all people, which it claims is death, but also, I would add, death that comes through sin. And the image is of a thief, that those longing for God's justice, starving, longing, yearning 
will one day be satisfied. And so Jesus picks up on that same image in the Gospel, inviting everyone to this feast. And not everyone accepts the invitation. That really, I think, is a big part of the meaning of the Gospel. A lot of times, we think of our religion as something we have to do, as an obligation, as a burden. But God is saying, no, it's a great feast. And inviting you to something beyond what you can imagine. But oh, the sadness you can hear from the king who wants to celebrate with his subjects over the wedding of his son. Celebration. Everyone's invited, but some go away to their farms, their business. How often do we and people I talk to, oh, I don't have time to do all that stuff, I have work. And yet, anything we have in this life so, is so small compared to what God wants us to do and enjoy and be a part of. those who feel that there's more important things to do. Because of ignorance, we don't recognize what God is inviting us to. And there's those that are hostile or resistant to fight the invitation. Certainly many of those we encounter too. Sometimes I don't know the source of that fighting that sometimes, but I do know that some of those who fight, like St. Paul, one day became the most zealous advocate for the kingdom. So we must never give up hope for ourselves or others that seem to oppose the invitation. But then there's the most curious part when the king comes in and finds the person who did come in, right? The good and the bad were invited into the kingdom. Banquet. And yet, the king comes in and finds someone in a wedding garment and says, you're not worthy to be here. You passed out. That's a little confusing, isn't it? Well, I think the interpretation that I see is that, yes, everyone's invited to the kingdom. But, it must change us. But sometimes we don't want to do the right thing. And when we're outside the kingdom, it's hard to come in. But God is saying, come on in anyway, as you are. It's imperfect in that. But also, once you get here, allow yourself to be changed and transformed. And so we, in the kingdom of God, must be open to putting on Christ. God transforms us. We come in to the kingdom through our baptism, come into church, come into our prayer, come into our service, imperfect. And it's good to force ourselves sometimes to do the right thing. It gives God a chance to transform our hearts. Fill us with the joy 
give us, even in an imperfect world, that can change our hearts. And that's putting on the wedding garment, it's putting on Christ. St. Paul is talking about it in his second reading. Brothers and sisters, I know how to live in humble circumstances. I also know how to live in abundance. Well, is it hard to live in abundance? Secret, I have learned of being well-fed and of going hungry, of living in abundance and being in need. I can do all things in Him who strengthens. We must put on Christ. The secret of life in both good times and in bad times is to die. will, and our own agenda, and our own business, put God first, enter into the banquet, now only very imperfectly, foreshadowed by this imperfect meal we're about to share to our human senses, but we truly Christ in the fullness of his blessings and the inheritance of heaven. That will transform us. So that, in good times or in bad times, we have the secret living in the kingdom. Christ in us. Let us die to ourselves so that he may increase in us and through us in our world where there is both still the good and the bad. And Christ needs more than ever those who will follow his way, put on the wedding garment, and live in the midst of our brothers and sisters proclaiming the love, peace, and joy of God's